Okay, so we have been <clears throat> doing a whole bunch of different things. We finished up the book of James. Last week we did a little bit of a, a thing on some Father's Day and looking into spiritual things and being a good discerner and a good leader. This week, because this is our last Sunday school for a few weeks, okay, next week is, <laughs> next week is 4th of July, so no Sunday school. The following week is the youth retreat, okay, followed by a picnic here at church, okay, so with a dedication for the barn. So we'll bring you guys over from the youth retreat here, and however dirty and or smelly you are, that's where you're going to be. So, yes. And the week after that is open house. So just in thinking a little bit with a couple things, there's a few thoughts I've had. In the last year, I think a lot of people's eyes have been opened up to what this world is really like, some of the things that are going on out there. And I remember a long time ago, when I was growing up, I used to love G.I. Joe's. We know what G.I. Joe's even are. Yeah. You guys know? Okay. Yeah, little army guys, okay. And I had a collection of them. I had like over a hundred of these little guys. Anytime I could ever get that was my favorite toy. And I played with them all the time out in the yard. In fact, probably 30 years later, after I was playing with them, my mother found the head of one that had been buried in the dirt for 30 years. She dug it all up and got the whole thing out and brought it to me in one piece, and then the rubber band that holds his waist all together snapped. So, But 30 years ago, I was playing with them all the time, and I used to watch the G.I. Joe show, which was cool. That's when they really had good cartoons, all right? G.I. Joe would go, and the good guys would always win, and the bad guys were called Cobra. Cobra. Cobra, and there was a commander, Cobra commander, okay, and how you knew what they were is because they always had these, like, viper head snake things all on their uniforms, okay, they had like, like a, a nasty viper with teeth, okay, <laughs> so you knew they were bad, right, because they had a Cobra symbol on them, all their vehicles had Cobra symbols, it all looks like an elephant, but it's not. <laughs> it's a cobra. Okay? He's mean. There you go. He's mean. Okay? So, so you could tell what the bad guys were, and you could tell what the good guys were every time. It was very easy because all the good guys had... Uh, no masks on, and they were always doing the right thing. And then at the end of every show, when you thought it was all over, they did this special little thing where they brought in some kid. This is all in cartoons, of course. They brought in some kid, and he was about ready to make some bad choice. And so G.I. Joe would walk on the scene and help him and say, you could do that, or you could do this. He would sit and ponder for a moment and say, oh, now I know what to do. And then the G.I. Joe would say, and knowing is half the battle. And then they'd go into the music. It was cool. Because you knew what was right 
and what was wrong. You knew the good guys from the bad guys. In our world today, it's not quite as obvious, okay? The bad guys, the people who don't love God out there, don't wear masks and cobra symbols, okay? It's not as obvious. Talking sneaky voices and things like that. They did. Cobra Commander hissed when he talked. So you knew he was bad. So you you don't have that much as an as as obvious as it was in the G.I. Joe cartoon. It is a different world we live in. And it is changing. You guys are in this generation where there's tremendous change in a very short time. Things have been pretty steady right along for a long time. And evil has been out there, okay? I'm not saying it hasn't been out there, because it has been out there. But you have seen in the last year or two, things start to pop up. People pop up that you say, wow, is that person really in control? Is that person in power? Do they have our best interest in... in uh, in sight of what they're doing and you really have to start to question what is good and what is bad all right now when jesus talks about the end times he has a list in the end times we're going to go to matthew chapter 24 as our first passage matthew chapter 24 this is a great passage to help you know what the end times are going to be like Jesus, of course, makes it simple and plain. He gives you markings of things to say, here's what it's like. Okay, In the end times, it will become like this. And no matter how many times I read this passage, we're just going to read an excerpt from it. No matter how many times I read this passage, I tend to get more things out of it each time. There's more clarity. There's more detail than I think. It seems like when you first read it, it's just a big overview. But as you live part of it and see part of it happen, things, the details pop out and you say, oh, that's really true. And I never really could quite understand what that meant until I saw it happen. Okay? So let's go to uh, Matthew chapter 24. We're going to read verses 6 through 13. Not the whole passage, but 6 through 13 as Jesus talks about what it will be in the end days. Please. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines. 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 And pestilence. Yep, pestilence, and that is deadly diseases. And earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And ye shall be hated of all nations for my sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall be one. And, and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive and shall, and shall, and shall deceive <laughs> and shall deceive because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. 
All right, so you have a few things that you're going to begin to see. All right, there's wars and rumors of wars, okay, and there have been talk, and, and if you were to look online, you could search online now, you could look at things that are happening around the world, and all around the world, armies are rising up, or there's talk about armies rising up. China's gonna do this, and Russia's gonna do this, Japan's gonna do this, Korea's gonna do this, and you, you hear these, and then of course, all around the Middle East, and that's a whole other passage, but that is a, that's happening too, all right? It was only a couple weeks back that the Iranians were bombing the, uh, the Israelites, okay? And I'm talking hundreds of missiles, just one after another, after another, after another. They have something called the Iron Dome, which is a missile capture type system, and it catches 90% of the missiles it sends a missile up into the air, essentially, and shoots the other missile out of the air and explodes in the air before it goes. 90% of them it hits, which is incredible that it's shooting live missiles out of the air. But 10% still hitting buildings and homes and in the cities and places like that. So you still have live missiles being launched uh, at them, okay? And you see that the, the world is feeling much more agitated these days, okay? Much more agitated. Things don't quite seem right. There's not peace. There's not talk of peace, although they talk about it even in the streets of major cities, okay? We were out west last year, and we went through many different cities out west, but we avoided certain cities, particularly Portland, we were very near that, and Portland had, I don't know how many days, a hundred days where there were riots and destruction and burning and even killings every single day, okay? For a hundred days in a row, they were doing it, and we are like, well, we're not going in there, right? Why? All this unrest. Why? And this is where your lives come in a different place in history than when I was your age. It was different when I was your age, okay? But things are much more, the evil is pushing harder and harder, okay? Satan wants to, and has always wanted to, destroy everything. And the Bible says that God has held back the evil. He has throttled things down. He has, he has kept it under wraps for a long time. And as the end comes, he will allow it to run its course. So you will see things exposed, things out there that you never thought were possible will be exposed, okay? And he will allow it to run its course and go through and do what it's going to do so that the end will come. But meanwhile, he has held it back at many levels. He has crushed it, pushed it down, kept it back in. Now, could he destroy it? The answer is yes. And he will destroy it in the very end. But God's plan allows for many things to happen. But one of the major things is 
There are people in this world, not just in this country, but throughout the world, that have not been born yet, that need to be born. That God knows about souls whom are his children, right? Souls who will accept Christ. And so in his plan, he knows the moment when things need to be finished. Until then, we are called to endure. Sometimes easier, sometimes harder. So what are we here to do? Well, you see the things that are happening in there. Talked about wars and rumors of wars, nations rising against nations, famines, okay, which are happening oftentimes in other countries. Not so much here, but that doesn't mean it couldn't. You lose crops from major weather disasters. We could see things that we've never seen before. But you did see is in the last year, you can't get things or they become very expensive very quickly. The world changes. So could things fall apart? Yes. And it shows how fragile the world is and all of the things that have been sort of held in balance. Could it all fall apart? Yes. Okay. What else is coming? Well, pestilences, deadly diseases, but you've never heard of one of them before, right? Whether, <laughs> right? Whether true or totally not true about how much in proportion it was kept, okay? Those are things that happen throughout the world. We've also seen SARS, H1N1 diseases. We've seen Ebola virus. We've seen... Uh, there was another flesh-eating bacteria uh, virus, or bacteria, not a virus, um, that was happening in, in places around the world. This is like in the last, probably in your lifetimes, is what we've seen. Some much more destructive, oftentimes not in our country, but you see them and they happen. Okay. Earthquakes in diverse places, it means all over the place, earthquakes, and we have seen that. If you were to study that, you would see that there have been more shakings of the earth in the last couple of years, and it, it's, it's gone up and up and up, okay? Because God is saying, this is what's happening at the end. Now, remember, this is 2,000 years ago that Jesus said that, and he knew exact things that would come to would come to be all right and then they shall deliver you up to be afflicted in other words if you stand for Christ you will be persecuted in some way afflicted means they put some sort of pain or pressure on you right and you've seen the pressure that the media has pushed you've seen that social media has pushed. You've seen that they've shut down words and you can't only say so many things. You begin to see that in your life. You've seen and heard that, okay? So what else is coming? You'll be afflicted and killed and hated for my name's sake. That's what will be in the end, okay? That's what will be. And then many shall be offended. Whoa. Maybe that's true, huh? Everybody's offended at everything these days. You can't say anything or I'm offended at that. 
okay? And so you see, as time goes on, it becomes more and more part of your world, of my world. You can't ignore it. You can't say, well, it's the bad guys over there in the Cobra suits. You know, those are the bad guys. It is the world we live in. It is a place where God has said, stay with me and I will protect you. I will help you. All right? And then many shall become offended and shall betray one another. Okay, you guys know what betrayal is, right? Turn against one another. And you have seen that not only in our highest levels of government, but throughout. You've seen that because they shall hate one another. And if we've seen anything rise more and more, it's hatred. Now, hatred is not of God. What is God? God is love. And that's what he has called Christians to. And so, in order that we live like God, we live in such a way where we show others love even when they show us hate. And it's not an easy thing. And I don't get it right all the time. And I don't say the things I do. And I get frustrated and angry at things also. And for that, I apologize as I should be a better example more often. But if we will follow the Lord, He shows us ways of love to show to other people. All right? That's how you've got to know to discern good from bad. That's where we need to say, okay, all this stuff is going to happen in our lives. It's going to be real, so how do we get it right? For that, let's turn to Proverbs chapter 2, which is our second passage for today, Proverbs chapter 2. Dug mines underground. 
people dug to find any sort of precious metal. They have dug for copper and silver and gold and anything they can get their hands on that's of value. And how much do they do to, to get it? If they need to dig it out by hand with a shovel, I've seen them do it. I've seen, I've been at big strip mines where they take huge water cannons, essentially, and spray huge holes in the ground. And I mean so big that there's a lake in the bottom of it, and it's three quarters of a mile down where there's a little boat floating around. I stood up on the mouth of one of these, one of these copper mines where they had stripped stuff out, and they essentially just wash it all away and haul it out. All right, and they create this huge, huge deep hole and pull all the bits of copper out that they can get. Way over the mouth on this overlook, and probably, I'm only guessing, but it was probably a mile wide, okay? This one huge hole in the ground, and probably three quarters of a mile deep. And I looked down, and there was a little tiny white spot down in the thing, and it's just hard to get a perspective on it because it's filled with water way down there. and. They had an overlook, one of those things where you put a quarter in it and you could look down on it. And you could look, and it was a full-size yacht floating down in there. Nasty old water all filled with stuff, but some rich guy got a lot of copper apparently out of there, and he's got a yacht that he floats down in that bottom of that thing. But it looked this big because it was so far away. Now that yacht wouldn't fit in this room, okay? It was huge, but People work after this treasure. So the question is, do you, will you search for what is God's knowledge? Will you look for it like you search for a treasure? That's what God wants you to do. When you get knocked down, when the guys go and they pan for gold or they're digging and they don't hit or strike it rich, they keep going. There's something that keeps driving them to keep looking. That's what you need is that, that drive to keep looking for God's wisdom. The knowledge of God, the wisdom of God. And that's what he said. He will give you the wisdom and knowledge of God. That's how you start to tell what's really going on in this world. What's really going on with you, in your heart, where you struggle, the things you can't quite get an answer for how you react it comes through the wisdom and the knowledge of God so if you continue to seek him like a treasure in the earth it says he'll be found he will look and be found all right so that's how you start to see what's really going on out there and once you see what's going on you know how you live you you seek after God that starts to make a separation. Now, one more interesting thing. Uh, verse number 7. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. So that's what you get is sound wisdom. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. Come on, somebody out there must know what a buckler is. No? No buckler? All right. <coughs> A buckler is a very small shield, no bigger than about 
biggest to be was maybe 18 inches, but most of them are about a foot, sometimes as small as like nine inches across, okay? And you hold it essentially at the end of your fist. And you work with that and a sword, okay? There is a whole thing, you can look it up online, people fight with shields and bucklers. Well, they fight with, with bucklers and a sword, okay? And essentially, it is a defensive weapon where you can strike, they strike across this buckler, okay, this small shield, usually round, okay? And a lot of times it's, uh, it can be concave inside, cup or it could be convex. But the idea is as a blow comes towards you with that sword, it glances off. Now they also used to make them all kinds of fancy things on there when they were actually used in battles. They would put rings around them. Open steel rings like onto the front of them so that as your enemy went nah and you hit it, if you were able to catch the end of his sword, you could rip it out of his hand, and then you're done. Okay, you win, right? The idea with it is it's defensive, but it's almost offensive. You can strike your opponent with it. You can do things like that. God is like that. His wisdom is like that, in that you are able to defend yourself in times when there is an onslaught when people are coming after you. You have the sword of God, okay? The sword we've learned in other times is the Bible, right? The words of God, not the book itself. The words of God, that gives you wisdom and strength to fight things off. But God, for those people who have sought after God, he is also that special shield. He is able to help you defend yourselves in a very agile way. Not like a great big old, I'm hiding behind a shield and sitting here waiting to get beat on. This is a very active, defensive management type thing where you keep every blow off and it's able to move quickly. Big shields get tiring. A small shield, you're able to take it and move it with every strike. Okay? God is like that in his wisdom with you. When you learn to seek after God, you take his wisdom, he gives you the ability to be agile, defensive, and not defensive in a mean, nasty way, but have an answer to understand the difference between right and wrong. When people say, this is how it is, and you know it's not, if you feel like you just know it's not, but you don't have anything to say with it, okay, you have nothing to back it up, God's wisdom and God's knowledge comes from knowing God's word, putting the words in your heart. So when you, when, when you get those things where somebody says, well, actually, this is the truth, this is science tells me this, you can say, that's not really the truth, this is the truth. All right? And that's how you defensively use your buckler. To, to defend yourself as a Christian to say, this is the truth. You will need this in your life, probably more than almost any other generation before you. As these times increase and evil increases and bad things come about in your life, you need the defensive weapon 
and the offensive weapon, okay, the sword of the spirit, and your defensive weapon of the buckler that God protects you in so many ways. You will see he's very good at it. Very defensive. He's very good at it. All right? Verse number 8 and 9 to finish up. And it shall be health to thy navel. I'm sorry, wrong 8 and 9. He that keepeth the paths of judgment and preserves the way of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteous and judgment and equity, yea, every good path. All right? So he's going to give you wisdom. He's going to give you a good path and give you judgment. Judgment means I can say, that's not right. That's not good. Here's what I want in my life. Here's what I can do. I know that's wrong. I don't know yet what exactly I'm going to do about it, but I know that's wrong. i got to steer clear of that. That's what God gives you with that. And this passage goes on. We're not going to hit it today, but it goes on to talk about God essentially getting rid of evil. All right? He brings judgment down on evil. And you want to be on the right side, seeking after God, being protected by Him because you've said, it's important to me. I'm going to seek after it. You've got to have it really important for all of you as you go out there. Important for me. As we got into this world today to be ready. A couple of weeks comes. Open house is there. If we have that wisdom, that knowledge, people will come to see what we have. Alright? I'm not saying we're having a big debate on that day, but I am saying people know that we're different. Here at this church, they know we're different. And they come up here, and it almost confuses them because they don't know what to think about us. Show them the knowledge of God. Show that you know how to work. You know how to act right. You know how to do right things and treat people right. And you know how to love as opposed to the people the rest of the world that knows how to hate and is more and more and more knowing how to hate. We can teach them. We can show them. We can we can. Be an example and a light on that day in particular. That's one of our big days. We don't know what's going to happen. Last year, totally different world. This year, we're opening back up and saying, let's go. God, we're trusting you to do something. But we have to be ready. So come ready with your hands ready to work and do things. Okay? At open house, be ready, be charged up. The week before, we're going to do our youth retreat. We want you to come and be ready to have a great time, have fun there, do good things, okay? So uh, it's going to be, we're hoping, a good few weeks coming up, and we're going to see some great things, but you've got to be ready. You've got to be ready with wisdom and knowledge. All right, thank you very much. Have a good day.